right now with apparently the Atlantic Coast Conference about to dip their toes back into a coast-to-coast area. We bring in our friend from the News and Observer, the one and only Luke DeCock, uh, on X at Luke DeCock. All right, sir. A week ago, we thought it might be dead. I think it is not dead. Maybe it's mostly dead, as Miracle Max tried to tell us in uh, The Princess Bride. Uh, but they put that uh, that chocolate thing, chocolate coating, so it goes down easier. They put that chocolate coating in, and apparently it's not quite dead that we might gotta, be able to revive it. You got to work the bellows, pump the, <laughs> pump the breath. I just, I just have Carol Kane uh, racing around the studio in my head now. Yeah, yeah. Well, she'd do a better job running this league than the presidents, that's for sure. Um, yeah, no, you can't kill it. It's undead. Um, it's like Bram Stoker's ACC. <laughs> um, no, I just, I mean, I'm not, my position hasn't changed. I think this is a terrible idea. I think it's short-term panic thinking that does nothing for the league in the long term. It's two schools. Um, I think you can actually have a conversation about SNU. We don't have to, but I think you can. But I think Cal and Stanford have two schools that it's very clear at this point have zero market value. And the right. ACC is keeps trying to talk to them, talk themselves into the fact that they're going to help them somehow. And it's the old wire clip of Marlowe talking to the security guard. You want it to be one way, but it's the other way. And that's all this is ever going to be. The ACC keeps trying to talk itself into this. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And and that's that's the long and the short of it. Does that mean they won't do it? No. These presidents could do anything. They could add Alaska Anchorage by the time they're done. I mean, these guys, these people are, are not do not have the best interests of college sports in mind. They don't have the best interests of the ACC in mind. No. Their only interest is how can we add $5 to our athletic revenue for next year? And when you make decisions like that, mm-hmm. you're making decisions the same way the people who ran Toys R Us made decisions and private equity ran that company out of business. These people are running this league like private equity would run it. Um, they're running it like Heath Freeman runs Alden, the company that squeezes the life out of newspapers, the former Duke football player who's busy ruining democracy. And uh, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna do the same thing to the ACC if, they, if, if you give them a chance. And look, I should say I've been really critical of Randy Woodson, um, especially his, his role in NCAA governance. He was on the NCAA board of directors that uh, voted to extend Mark Emmert's contract, yes. give him a gazillion dollars, and then a year later fire him and take away the gazillion dollars, although he kept most of it. Um, that's bad governance. That's the kind of thing that's going to be taught in a business school case study. You had a president of the NCAA who led you down a legal path that nearly led to your obsolescence. And you rewarded him in the middle of that when it was clear it wasn't going well and then had to turn around and clean up your own mess. It's bad governance. So I've been very critical of the NC State Chancellor for that and other things. But I think he's got this one right. So does Kevin Guskowitz. This is not the best move for the ACC. And if NC State and UNC are the schools that help block this, they deserve credit for that because that someone has to. I know you feel differently. I know you. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I just disagree. I, I agree on principle that it is foolish to have Cal and Stanford and SMU foolish to have any of them in the league because they don't add to your football inventory. I, it is completely foolish. This is not the Jim Harbaugh, early David Shaw, Stanford. It is not any era of Cal football, although I do, I can't wait for the documentary on the ACC Network about the Cal-Stanford band-on-the-field game, because that will be epic. And John Elway will show up as an ACC legend. That will Adam, be tremendous. I got four words for you. 
Aaron Rodgers, oh, ACC legend. That is fantastic. All of that. Jared Goff. We have what a litany of ACC quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. Uh, so I'm on board. You and I agree on how stupid it is. But the sad reality, and you're right because I agree with this, is that they're going to do it because in the short term, and when I say short term, I mean like the first five years, right. it, is going right. to, it is going to enable the league to funnel more money to the squeaky wheel, and that's Florida State. And Clemson will get their share, and North Carolina, and maybe NC State, and who knows, Louisville, the schools that perform well on TV, the schools that perform well on the field, will realize more money from this. And ultimately, because they're not going to take the... And I think the the figures are going to end up being somewhere between fifty and sixty million dollars annually. They're not going to take that money and divide it by fourteen. They're going to take that money uh, and wait it. Maybe they'll take the first thirty million and distribute it to the top, and then the rest will get divided. Yeah. They'll probably take a, a fair amount of money and start chartering flights for field hockey uh you know women's and men's lacrosse whatever they'll 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 make the travel easier uh they'll probably redo yeah, i mentioned this I yesterday they you could t- oh, they have to they have no way to get around that no, um, they're gonna they're adam this remember none of this money ever goes to the athletes and it's gonna they're gonna fly commercial because some assistant no, can't the athletic that. director is going to get a raise. No, it's, that's what's going to happen. The I think the league, will have about to. It. the league will have to. Yeah. But uh, here's the funny thing about that. Even even that, Florida State, Miami, yeah. Clemson, going to get more money. No matter how you cook that formula, do you know who ends up getting the most money? Like if you actually run the formulas and do it, it's Wake Forest and Duke. Florida State and Clemson have pushed for a system that doesn't reward them. There's no way you can cook the books. Because you have before Title IX gets involved here, there is no way you can cook the books where this works for Clemson and Florida State. And it's laughable that they think some performance reward system is going to help them. It reward it ends up rewarding Wake Forest, which is a school they don't think should be getting any money at all. It's <laughs> it's the law of unintended consequences. And the more money you pump into this that isn't equally distributed, it's actually going to hurt those big schools that underperform. So no, you're right in the the sense that there's a short term bump here that yeah. can keep those schools happy. First five years. By our, Here's my here's my argument then. Why stop there? Why not take any school that's willing to forego a distribution? Why not add App State? Why not add East Carolina? I mean, those schools bring as much from a football and television perspective as Cal and Stanford do. And and you know why not why not add Tulsa? Why not add oh, honestly, uh, Alabama, Birmingham? No, I mean, they they should add. No, we, we they should add San Diego State, Oregon State, and Washington State. That's an absolute should. If you're going to add Cal and Stanford, just get the rest of the Pac-12 and the school that was about to join the Pac-12 and just have five schools that are based uh, on the West Coast as opposed to two. It would make a lot more sense uh, than anything that we are doing in uh, SMU. It could be a six-game uh, a six-game road trip would be uh, would be if, absolutely fantastic. If you added ten teams. That's $250 million that you can spread around. <laughs> you can just ACC. give it to Florida State you, and be done. If you add if you add 20 teams, that's $500 million. That solves the revenue gap. You just have to find 20 teams willing to forego a revenue distribution. Then in five years, when they want their money, everything falls apart because no one wants to buy a piece right. of that league because none of these schools matter. But the presidents now will all be gone. They're going to be in their beach yeah. houses, their mountain you, houses. They don't care. What do you think anything, everything's going to look like in five years anyway? 
At this point, I got no idea. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I do think we'll get some sort of football breakaway, but yeah. I really don't know what that's going to look like. I think it's going to look like one big conference with a bunch of divisions uh, and a boatload of money uh, tied up into it. And I think a lot yeah. of the other sports is just going to go back to being where we were. Uh, that's yeah. what I, I, I think is going to happen. I, I don't think you're 100% wrong. I mean, I don't think you're 100% right. I think you're close. I do think as long as there are two television bidders, there will be two separate factions. So as long as Fox is still sure. in the game, um, there'll be two super cops. So what you said, but two of them, because Fox is going to want one and ESPN's. Oh, just like the AFC that, and the NFC. AFC and the NFC yeah. have two separate contracts in the National Football League. It's just going to look like a bigger NFL is all it is. It's going to be yeah, yeah, NFL and, with and, like three times as many teams. And, and honestly, Adam, that was the ACC's big miss here. It should have reached out to the Pac-12 and said, let's do an NFC-AFC thing where we sell our television contracts yeah. together as a package. And that holds the Pac-12 together. That gives content. That, that was the play. The play was to buy, basically buy the Pac-12 right. with ESPN and say, we're going to buy you. And we own half of this network. We're going to be a rights holder in the Pac-12. Like Jim Phillips and Jimmy Pataro sitting down to make the Pac-12 football schedule. But that was the play. The play was that that helps the ACC. That's a revenue generator. If Jack Swarbrick is so intent on helping Cal and Stanford yeah. by having a conference, he won't join. Join. That was the pl- that was the way to do it. Let's get not get started about what Swarbrick said. All right, Patrick. We don't have enough time. I I look. I've been more uh, lenient on Notre Dame than I think most people have. Right. I actually think the ACC gets plenty out of Notre Dame. And I think the I think the league probably gets a little bit more from Notre Dame than Notre Dame gets from the ACC. But when Swarbrick wouldn't admit that there is a document that says if they join a conference, that it must be the ACC at least until 2036. He didn't. He could have just paid that lip service and that would have been fine. But he refused to say that. I could not so believe it. So disrespectful. Yeah, it, it was. was. Here's here's the thing that killed me, and that obviously I agree with you 100. percent The other one was when he referred to the ACC as a place we have our Olympic sports, like hockey is in the Big Ten. Right. Well, you know what? Your president wasn't co-chair of the Big Ten's commissioner search committee, but Father Jenkins was. So either you're in, and that's I think this is we've reached a point with Notre Dame. Whether you feel like it like you do, or you feel about it like I do, we've reached a point where it's time to fish or cut bait. You're either in or you're out. If you want to help pick the commissioner. Then your AD can't go on Dan Patrick and pretend you're not in the league. And if you don't, if you want to pretend you're not in the league, that's fine. But step back from ACC governance. You don't get to vote for Cal and Stanford to join a league you won't join. That's preposterous. Yeah, of course their their vote really is Im- irrelevant because the numbers work out the same. But I understand your point. It doesn't bother me that they have a full vote. But uh, if Notre Dame wasn't in the league, you still would need three. Three of those four no votes. One of those four no votes would have to become a yes uh, yeah. in order for. But it matters on other things, Adam. It matters on, the, on moving the conference office. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with where the, the conference doesn't need an office. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm, my point is there are times where that vote can be a swing vote. Sure. And I don't know why a 20 percent partner gets to have a say in these things. All right. Uh, will North Carolina achieve, underachieve, or overachieve this year in football? Will. Uh, Will. Will. Luke. Will. Thank Will. You. I, appreciate, uh, oh Will. I just made that up. Right. <laughs> um, Will DeCock is not a great name. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think it's ever possible for North Carolina football to overachieve because just the hype that's 
inevitably inevitably associated with that program because of Mac and the recruiting and and this year Drake May and before that Sam Howell et cetera et cetera. So I think overachieve is off the table. Okay. Um, the question the question for me is then what would be achieve? Um, and, and maybe you know I, this is going to be an interesting year. I, I think the two teams with the best chance to finish second in the ACC and and play Clemson, who I think will win the league in the title game, are UNC and NC State. So maybe finishing second. And beating NC State in the, in the in the in the finisher to get a spot back in Charlotte, maybe that is overachieving because um, I don't think anyone expects UNC to be back in the title game post divisions. But um, I do think that's out there for the Tar Heels. So I think achieve is being in that conversation. So if we get to you know November and the Tar Heels are in early November and the Tar Heels are not in that conversation, then I think that would be underachieved. The, the thing about it with UNC is, and we've talked about this a lot. You've had this run of generational quarterbacks. At some point, you got to close the deal with one of them. If you're ever going to have a great season, it's got to be with, with Sam Howell or Drake May or whoever. So I think there's, there is some pressure to kind of get the job done um, and break through this year because it's going to be a lot of changes after this year. I mean, there's not, I mean, of course, we didn't know Drake May was there. We knew he was good. Right. We knew he was a top prospect. We knew he'd turned out, you know, he'd left Alabama to come to UNC. But that um, does feel like there's a sort of, now is the time moment for UNC. It's almost like NC State last year. If not now, when? You're never going to have everything lined up for you like this. Then obviously, you know, the quarterback injuries kind of put a put the kibosh on that. So North Carolina's early season schedule, playing South Carolina to open, then the App State game here, uh, and then the University of Minnesota here, which frankly is not going to be an easy game. If they get through that, and you have the trip to Pitt right after that, it does set up for them just to get to the end of the season, to get to the Clemson game and the NC State game, both on the road. I mean, theoretically, they could be 10-0. and 0. I think it's more likely that yeah. they're 8-2 and 2 or 9-1. and 1. Uh, Even with, 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 and with all that said, it's still a pretty good year. Uh, and you're probably yeah. in the top 15 if you are 8-2. and two, uh, And you might be in the top uh, 10 or even the top 5 if you're 9-1. and one. Heading to those yeah. last yeah, two I think years. that's the conversation that UNC needs to be in. I mean, I think what you're describing is kind of where the Tar Heels need to be if you want to say they achieved. And then whatever happens against Clemson and State, well, you know, that, that is what it is. Those are, that's a tough finish. Um, I do think it's interesting that everybody's in the same position this year that NC State has been in for, for most of these years, which is finishing second to Clemson this year is actually going to mean something. <laughs> um, as opposed for NC State, where all those years finishing second to Clemson or for Wake, some of those years, the years that Wake didn't win it, um, finishing second at Clemson was was pretty meaningless. You know, now you can now it means something. And so there's, I think there's going to be a little more maybe for those former Atlantic Division teams to play for at the end of the year. But also, I think everybody's going to get a sense of that of of kind of, you know, can we keep up? And then maybe Clemson's not as good. I mean, this is all assuming that Clemson's going to be. You know, vintage Clemson, yeah. um, as we've seen the last couple of years, that isn't always the case. Talked to Roddy Jones yesterday. Roddy Jones thinks we're going to have a lot closer to vintage Clemson than we've had yeah. in the past. He yep. thinks that wide receivers are going to be good. Uh, I need to be. I need to have it proven to me. But I also don't follow the ins and outs of recruiting. I just always assume they have super talent, but I have not seen it on the field now for three I, years. I, I think I think I saw enough from Antonio Williams last year to feel like he's legit. I think we know what Will Shipley is at this point. Yeah. So I think there's, you know, I think they have a, a shot with their skill players. And I, I um, you know, I'm talking to Roddy down at kickoff. You know, his other big prediction was his sleeper team's NC State, and I think there's some validity to that. So um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic for State Carolina. I mean, obviously we haven't talked about Duke 
problem for Duke is with that schedule, they could be 20% better as a football team and 30% worse in terms of their record. It could be more than that. So hard. I think, I mean, that's being generous, but the the phrase take a huge step forward. The phrase best five and seven team in college football history could come out with this Duke team. I'm not kidding. It might. It might. You're not wrong. They're legitimately good with a with an NFC East type schedule. Luke DeCock at Luke DeCock uh, here or on X and here as well. Uh, appreciate That's your so time, good. man. Uh, have a good weekend. All right. You too, AG. All right, man.